I think because I didn't start CrossFit until I was 27, I've already done quite a lot before CrossFit and I love training. I just love pushing myself. I love being in that environment and while I'm still enjoying it, I don't see myself doing anything else at the moment. Uh, If it comes to the point where I'm really not enjoying going to the gym and doing it, I don't feel I need to do it anymore. I've already been at the top. I've been through injuries and come back and still being able to be among the the top. Um, So it all comes down to if I'm still enjoying it, then why would I not? This is episode number 79 with Samantha Briggs. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Julie Fouché, family medicine resident and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring to you information and inspiration from experts and everyday individuals for how to use lifestyle to maximize health. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Welcome back to Pursuing Health. In this episode, I get to sit down with a woman who needs really no introduction if you've been following the CrossFit Games at all for the past several years, and that is Samantha Briggs. Sam is the 2013 fittest woman on earth, and of her six appearances at the CrossFit Games, she has five top 10 finishes from 2011 through 2017. At 35, she is starting to set the standard for Masters athletes, having qualified for both the Masters competition at the CrossFit Games and the individual competition, and going on to finish ninth in the individual women's competition, despite being quite a bit older than most of the field of competitors. Sam has been implementing smart training strategies to ensure her longevity in the sport for many years, and in this episode, she talks a little bit about what some of those strategies are and how she's been able to stay at the top for so many years. A little bit of background about Sam. She comes from a background of football or soccer, as it's known here in the U.S., playing in England's Northern Premier League. She also competed in triathlons prior to starting CrossFit. Sam was a firefighter for 10 years, and today she is living the life of a professional CrossFit Games athlete. She's known as the engine by many fans for her indomitable work capacity, and she's overcome multiple injuries, including a debilitating knee injury that forced her to take a year off from competition in 2012, which was a time she used to focus on refining her skills and improving her movement quality and weaknesses, and that has served her for years and years to come. So in this episode, we sat down at the recent Reebok Athlete Summit in the Bahamas. We talked all about how Sam got started in CrossFit, her experiences of injuries and growth throughout her career, and what's in store for her in the coming years. A few quick reminders before we get started with the episode. First, if you're enjoying the podcast, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and consider giving it a rating. I'm also always looking for inspiring stories to share. So if you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send your story to me at info at juliefouché.com and I'll select some to share here on future episodes. Finally, please remember that although I am now officially a doctor, this podcast is meant to share the experiences of individuals and does not provide medical advice. So with that, let's get started here with episode number 79 of Pursuing Health featuring Sam Briggs. 
Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm here with the one and only Sam Briggs. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I kind of want to start off with who Sam Briggs was pre-CrossFit and a little bit of your background because every once in a while you'll post a little picture, give us a little insight into different parts of your life before CrossFit. But I think most people know you obviously through your CrossFit journey the last few years and who were you before that? Uh, well, I was Fireman Sam, <laughs> as my friends nicknamed me. Fireman um, Sam. Yeah, I was a firefighter. Uh, I played football or soccer, as you guys <laughs> call it, for a lot of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, just loved playing sport as a kid, tried everything, did martial arts, uh, raced mountain bikes, um, football, rugby, um, basically just tried to do anything. A little bit of everything, which yeah. is not surprising then that you're so good at CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was always missing. It was kind of, there was never anything that I really enjoyed doing. I just like okay. to do a lot of different stuff. Interesting. But even like soccer, football, you played in school or somehow so I played in you school were pretty serious about it, and right? then I started playing for uh, cl- at club level okay and I mean I was we were in the northern premiership so it's not the the top level but mm-hmm. we would play in um, like the county cups and um, we got through a few of the FA cup games okay so not at the top, we were just kind of just a little bit, a little bit below. Still pretty darn good. <laughs> um, so yeah, for a long time, I was firefighting, uh, playing football, and then I kept suffering bad ankle injuries through mm. football, which was then affecting uh, my work as a firefighter. Okay. So I decided to retire from football and then started running for a club. Okay. And that's when the triathlon started. Got it. And that's how I then fell into CrossFit because somebody recommended doing CrossFit to try to get stronger for the triathlons. Interesting. And who knew? It just that's, that's actually funny because I wasn't doing serious triathlons, but I thought, oh, this will be my new thing because I didn't really have a sport. And I said, okay, I'll sign up for a few triathlons. And then I just did sprint triathlons. And then I finally bought a bike because I was doing them on like regular mountain bikes and then as soon as I bought a bike someone introduced me to CrossFit and I have used the bike maybe like a handful of times since then (laughs) so that's pretty similar I bought a new bike um, because I qualified for the uh, world championships age Mm -hmm. group in uh, 2010 so bought a brand new bike carbon fiber bike ready for my big race (laughs) qualified for the games that year too went Uh, to the games I was like this is awesome. <laughs> so I did the games in July. Thought, well, I've already qualified for the race. Let's let's see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Did the world championships in September, and then the bike never did another race. Oh. I have used it, mm-hmm. but for training, sure. Yeah, but it's it, it was only one race. <laughs> wow. So that was 2011. 2010. 2010. Okay. Yeah. So that was the first year. And that made the. It was then that I thought, um, so I came 19th in 2010 and that's when they made a cut for the final event Mm. and I remember being sat in the stadium uh, thinking, 
next year I want to be in this final event. So then you were hooked. Yeah. What did you think before you knew about CrossFit, or if you never found out about it or it never existed, what do you think you'd be doing right now? Uh, I think I'd probably still be in the fire service, maybe probably doing, still doing triathlons. Mm -hmm. Um, I love training, so the triathlon kind of filled that void Mm -hmm. because you've got so much to train for, the running, the cycling, the swimming. Um, So I like to be busy, so that definitely kept me busy. The better part of CrossFit is it's a lot more varied (laughs) than just cycling for hours on end. Very true. Very true. Um, And why did you decide to be go into firefighting in the first place? Uh, I just liked being active. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of wanted to do something that I felt like kind of helped people. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure you feel the same going into the medical service. Mm -hmm. It's like you're kind of doing something a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was like looking at being a firefighter, uh, being in the police service and also military all at the same time. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure which avenue I wanted to go down. Okay. Um, And then... I qualified to the interview stage for both the police and the fire service. And that's when I was like, well, which one would I rather mm-hmm. like do? I was kind of like, not many people like police officers, but everybody <laughs> loves a firefighter. <laughs> Makes an easy decision. So, and I was like, we used to see all the guys at the station like playing volleyball and doing stuff like uh-huh. that. And I'm like, they get to like, do sports and yeah. stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'll do that one. That looks like fun. <laughs> That's awesome. And then I also wanted to ask about, so you obviously have been active through your whole life and been doing different sports and at a very high level. Um, but you also have in the past have posted pictures of, I think in college or times where you weren't as active or you weren't as health conscious. And I think it's important for people to see that, that even though you're this elite athlete, like we all go through different phases of life and that doesn't mean it has to be that way forever. Yeah. Yeah, I had about like maybe two, three years where I didn't do any competitive sport. Mm -hmm. I don't think I was doing any training at all. Um, And definitely a different lifestyle. It was going out more eating whatever Mm -hmm. drinking a lot uh, a bit more partying it was kind of it was kind of the transition from high school Mm -hmm. um, into like college life Mm -hmm. I was working in a bar yeah (laughs) definitely not the healthy lifestyle (laughs) but um, but something so many people can relate to whether it's starting college or being in a new environment or you know finishing up with your competitive sport, whether it's a high school sport or a college sport and trying to figure out where to go next. And I don't like regret any of it. I had like a good few, mm-hmm. few years. And then it just got to the stage where I realized that I wasn't making the right choices. Uh, clothes were no longer fitting. It was hard to buy the clothes that I wanted to wear. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I made the decision to start going back to the gym. So I actually signed back up for my old soccer team that I played for uh-huh. throughout school. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because they had adult um, teams, okay. but also not just like a high level. They had like filter levels too. Okay. So I was like, if I sign back up to doing yes. something, I have to make the effort. Mm-hmm. And so I joined a gym, uh, started working out, started running with my mum. Mm-hmm. My mum's always been into running. Oh, cool. And just gradually then started getting fitter and getting back into it mm-hmm. and then I went from playing at the filter levels back up to playing for the A team okay and then ended up transferring teams to a better team so wow that's cool so it was it was more signing up for something and having a goal and some accountability to and yeah get I knew I enjoyed it. playing football and one mm-hmm. of my friends from school still played for the team mm-hmm. so it was the accountability I'm like right sign me up <laughs> Uh, this the season started in a in a month. I've got a month to like start getting fit again, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna come back and play. Awesome. Well, I want to talk to you about your CrossFit journey because it is still to me so impressive how I think that you've been so smart about. I mean, you train harder than most people that I know, um, but I think you've been really smart about it too. And I think it goes back even to that. I think it was it was 2012 that you took the year yeah. off and realized, hey, I need to heal. You know, I have this knee injury. I need to heal, and I need to really focus on taking two steps back, improving my movement patterns, and being even better. And then you came back and won in 2013. And I think that you've consistently done that. And you see, even here, we're at the Reebok Summit. You spend time doing your movement prep, warming up. Um, you were talking about doing a circuit like a core circuit for one of your weaknesses it takes 40 minutes I don't know that many people who would do that and be dedicated to doing it you know repeatedly to work on their weaknesses so I guess in part I'm guessing that's part of your secret but what what also is your secret or your approach for staying at such a high level for so long um, and being able to maintain that training volume for year after year um, I think that when I first started CrossFit, I already had like a decent kind of endurance base. Mm-hmm. I'd never really done any of the lifting or gymnastics. So as exciting as it is, when I first started, you just kind of like skip over some of the basics if mm-hmm. you've already got quite a good like baseline fitness. Sure. And I think it was clear in like 2010 and 2011, I was kind of, fit enough to be there at the games Mm -hmm. but whether I was technically good enough to be there (laughs) uh, was another issue and then I ended up uh, with a serious knee injury and it was I I would have still tried to qualify for the games (laughs) and compete at the games it was my coaches at the time that actually pulled me from um, the open um, I'd been in a lot of pain for a long time, <laughs> but tried to kind of be in denial. Mm-hmm. And I did the seven minutes of burpees. Mm-hmm. And then, what a good one. <laughs> I know. I'm like, and then I, they called a meeting. They were like, oh, um, come to the gym. Uh, just uh, we'll have a chat, catch up. I walked into the gym and the gym was empty, apart from my coach mm-hmm. and my movement coach. And I knew straight away that, like this is an, an intervention. intervention. <laughs> it was just like, and as soon as they said it, I, I didn't. I had no argument back. I just went, mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But it's hard to hear that even, and now looking back, it makes sense. Sure. But in the moment, that's your life, you know, you're competing every year and it's impossible to imagine not doing it. Still when the second workout was released and it was the light snatches, I was like, I can muscle them. (laughs) I don't even need to bend my knee. Maybe I can still get through this. They're like, no. Okay. Okay. Well, it pays to have a good coach who has your best interests in mind. It was definitely hard at the time, but I think that was the time that I needed. Mm-hmm. It was like there was then no pressure on my training. Mm-hmm. I then had to stop squatting, stop doing any sort of like knee flexion. I wasn't allowed to run or mm-hmm. anything. So I had to take a hundred steps back <laughs> and relearn the basics, mm-hmm. like look at my movement patterns, like try and like correct things. And it was also a good time because I'd never done any gymnastics. Mm-hmm. I started working with a gymnastics coach and like really starting to learn and dial in those movements that I had no knowledge of before mm-hmm. and focus on things that I was a lot weaker at while I couldn't do um, other things. So that really helped just like the mental focus instead of focusing on what I couldn't do Mm -hmm. it was like well look at all of these things that I can do Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the same approach that I've tried to have throughout so when I had to have my shoulder surgery Mm -hmm. it was the same thing I wasn't sure whether I'd come back and compete but it was like right this is another challenge Mm -hmm. what can we do and that's when I started reworking with my old movement coach who I worked with through the knee injury Mm -hmm. um I started working with him again and he now is a full CrossFit coach. He does full programming. Mm-hmm. So he took over everything. That's amazing. He <laughs> then was like, well, you're finally going to be <laughs> under one control. You're not allowed to do whatever you want. <laughs> if you want to get back to CrossFit, we're going to get you back and we're going to get you back, right? That's awesome. And I basically trip my rehab as my training Mm -hmm. so I was doing three hours of rehab a day Mm -hmm. and then what conditioning I could do yeah still the same time in the gym just a different focus yeah that's amazing and what keeps you motivated or why do you continue to train and compete at this high level year after year will there ever be a time where you say, okay, I need to move on and do something else. I think because I didn't start CrossFit until I was 27, Mm -hmm. I've already done quite a lot before CrossFit Mm -hmm. and I love training. Mm -hmm. I just love pushing myself. I love being in that environment Mm -hmm. and while I'm still enjoying it, I don't see myself doing anything else mm-hmm. at the moment uh, if it comes to the point where I'm really not enjoying going to the gym and doing mm-hmm. it I don't feel I need to do it anymore mm-hmm. I've already been at the top mm-hmm. I've been through injuries and come back and still being able to be among the the top mm-hmm. um, so it all comes down to if I'm still enjoying it then why would I why would you stop? not yeah, it makes sense. And you've thought, but you've thought about it. I know in the past, it maybe it was years ago where you, I remember you saying, oh, maybe one more year, maybe I'll get back into triathlons. So you've thought about it before, but you just keep coming back. It seems that you just love the training so much. Yeah, I think um, it was 
after 2016, uh, 2015, I had a back injury. Then mm-hmm. I broke my foot mm-hmm. uh, before yes. regionals. So it was kind of like two big setbacks that year. Mm-hmm. And then going into 2016 with the shoulder injury, mm-hmm. I was like, well, maybe this is kind of a sign. Maybe it's telling me mm-hmm. my body's like, I've had enough. But that's when I restarted working with my old movement coach and competing last year uh, at regionals and the games. I was the healthiest that I've felt Mm -hmm. in a long time. So you were talking about my hour-long warm-ups, doing 40 minutes, focusing on things. This is what he tries to get me to do. Mm -hmm. Um, His whole philosophy is he doesn't care whether you're winning the games. He just wants you to be able to keep training and keep doing what you love mm-hmm. for as long as possible if your aim is to get to the games then he's gonna push you right in certain areas but he doesn't want to break you mm-hmm. so it's makes it's sense. all about it's all about the preservation of the the body yes <laughs> yes it's something that i think a lot of people can benefit from not just if you're trying to have a long athletic competitive career but anyone who knows that they want to be working out and be active as they age it's paying attention and not always pushing through those injuries when you have pain but taking a step back and addressing them or movement deficiencies addressing them because if you want to be doing this for decades more um, it's important to be moving the right way but especially when people get started, I think it's so easy. Like you said, you get caught up because it's so fun and you just want to, you know, compete all the time and PR every day, and <laughs> which is day. also fun and also important to do. But yeah. yeah, it's good to have the long game in mind. Do you have any favorite, like top favorite moments, either from training or from competing? Um, I think one of my, like, memories that will always be there would be the the first event at the 2000 CrossFit Games like going out under the stadium lights for the first mm. time and doing Amanda Amanda yeah I mean it was the first time the games was held there mm-hmm. it was my first like big event just like walking out and looking around and seeing all these people yeah the spotlight was on you I'm used to doing a lot of team sports Mm -hmm. so it was always I'd be going out with your team with my team and this was just me all alone attempting to do my one rep max (laughs) snatch (laughs) oh how far we've come (laughs) (laughs) oh it's so true that big tunnel I remember that too and I remember when they announced because the year before it was at the ranch and so I remember them announcing that it was going to be at the StubHub Center and showing a video of the stadium and just getting chills like oh my gosh how cool would it be to compete there so what did you think this year of Madison and the difference between or the different environment I liked it especially for um like preparing for the games beforehand mm-hmm. uh, we were staying in Milwaukee and we had a little house on the lake mm-hmm. so every morning we'd get up and we'd like either run around the lake and then swim or um, Team JST was on the other side of the lake mm-hmm. so we'd like swim across to their house <laughs> like have coffee swim back oh, cool. and um, there was a little gym there that opened the doors up for us 
and it was just so relaxed mm-hmm. and peaceful that you didn't really get the same nerves as like being in LA when everything's so like go 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 yeah. go you're kind of like so rushed all yeah. the time and it just felt a lot more like I said relaxed mm-hmm. and then the actual games uh, the whole like area got involved there were posters mm-hmm. up there were like bars were changing the names and people would not recognize you as in know your names but there were like people shouting at you hey crossfitter good luck yeah so they didn't <laughs> they didn't know who you were but they associated with it and they just wanted to like wish people good luck mm-hmm. and it definitely felt more of a kind of family event mm-hmm. i saw a lot more like children there and i think that's the generation that we're trying to inspire mm-hmm. and so it was a lot nicer to see them be able to get more out of the games Mm -hmm. that's so true that's so true it was a really cool really cool feeling totally different and I think you can't ever you probably can't compare them apples to apples because they're just such different environments but I agree I loved that it seemed like people were more relaxed they were using it more almost as like a vacation just to Mm -hmm. go hang out and to watch the competition and um yeah it seemed the way that the whole city embraced it was really cool how long did you guys stay there before the competition started? So we were in Milwaukee like three weeks prior, but okay. we were only in Madison the actual week Okay, of. Okay. That's really nice. And this year, you're training, still training. <laughs> you're back in the UK again. Yes. Um, so competing out of Europe. Do you have any specific goals or expectations for this season or even like personal training milestones or things that you are on the horizon that you're looking towards uh like for me um now in the master's age category so i kind of try to take the pressure off um qualifying Mm -hmm. and be like right well i've got two avenues to go Mm -hmm. down i'll be doing what I can in the open. Right. I'll do the masters qualifiers, and like see go, where. Yeah. But see still, where that's lay. also stressful because then you have to do so many more. Like the open is stressful enough, but then the masters qualifier, <laughs> and then regionals. It's a lot of competing. I try to make it as fun as possible. Yeah. So um, where I can, I'll do the workouts with friends or okay. um, people will come and we'll do it at my gym or last year I did the masters qualifiers uh, out in Dubai Mm -hmm. and got some of the regional athletes to (laughs) come and do it against me as if they were doing a qualifying workout so that's awesome it's so true the environment and you talk about having fun training but the environment can make such a difference and I think you do a good job of always surrounding yourself with people or you know having training partners who um, make it an enjoyable environment no definitely I think that that helps a lot um speaking of masters so you're how old now 30 I'm 35 I'll be 36 for this qualifier okay so what is it like I mean we started competing the same year a lot of us here at this Reebok summit started competing around that time of 2010 um what is it like now that you are in the masters category but you're competing against these new competitors these new girls that are coming up that are like early 20s oh i forget (laughs) (laughs) like how old i am sometimes um 
but it becomes clear when like if I'm training yeah like with them um I know for the regionals prep camp in 2015 mm-hmm. I was um training with Sarah mm-hmm. and the first night that we got there like we were talking chatting away and that she doesn't go to bed until like midnight <laughs> I'm normally in bed for 9 p.m a <laughs> couple of nights go past and I'm like so tired my training's going like I just had no energy I'm like what is wrong with me and then I'm like I'm 10 years older than her I need more sleep, sleep. <laughs> and that's the I think that's like one of the most vital things it's like the older you get you need to make sure you're getting the recovery Mm -hmm. that's so true right 9pm I'm off (laughs) to bed (laughs) that's true and that maturity to know that okay I'm gonna go to bed now I don't care if I miss out on anything that's really good um what is a typical do you have a typical day or how do you approach like your ideal if you have your ideal setting and situation, how would you your typical day go? Um, so, like I said, I normally go to bed early. So, mm-hmm. most days I wake up before my alarm. So okay. that's that's a good the feeling. <laughs> best way to wake up. I get up. Uh, I normally have a cold shower, and then it's breakfast time, mm-hmm. and then I head on into the gym. Uh, we have. Uh, three locations so I go to a nicer warmer location for the morning (laughs) training because it's pretty cold in the UK (laughs) so that's my like nice surrounding okay uh, the the nicer warm gym yeah and I have a few people that will come and like dip into my training so Mm -hmm. it's always good when there's somebody that's already there at the gym it's like yes I've got a training partner today (laughs) and uh, I normally like to get my lifting done okay. first thing. Um, I tend to lift better on an afternoon, mm-hmm. so I force myself to lift on a morning. Mm-hmm. If I can hit the numbers that I want in, in a morning, it's like, okay, I'm good, <laughs> I'm good. Um, and then eating lots of food throughout <laughs> the day, snacking, eating, mm-hmm. and then I normally go to uh, our first location, which is known as the ice box okay so very chilly yes it's pretty cold there but constantly varied environments yeah. for training <laughs> it's our first gym we opened that in um, 2012 mm-hmm. so it's still my favorite mm-hmm. and it definitely has like a proper OG okay. like crossfit feel there okay it's it's a big open warehouse mm-hmm. building traditional kind yeah. of empty space mm-hmm. fill it with some crossfit <laughs> kit and i'll do like the rest of my training there okay uh, and if it's an ideal day it's a monday or a friday what's that because then i get a massage oh nice so you do usually twice a week yes okay. and then i have a physio twice a week for like specific stuff so it's a general sports massage okay. twice a week and then if i've got anything Niggling, I'll have needling or like deep tissue okay. work twice a week. Nice. And once a week I see my coach and he's mm-hmm. a movement okay. uh, specialist. So and what is his name again? James Jowsey. Okay. And where is he based out of? He's based in Manchester. Oh, okay. So That's nice. So you get to see him in person once a week at least. Yeah. Okay. We try. He's pretty busy. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> but, but where we can, um, it's 
once a week okay. so he can just look over uh, how I'm moving um, if we're trying to change something I'm like oh my right hip's been tight since we've done that mm-hmm. he'll look and see well because we've been changing this things will get tight here so okay. let's try like, doing these movements mm-hmm. and so I get like a, at least a, an hour sometimes longer with him and then he'll then watch the the rest of my training for for that morning or that okay. afternoon and then then he can adjust my program accordingly. Very nice. It's so important for coaches to have those eyes on and to be able to see how you're moving and how you look when you're doing the workout. So that's awesome. Um, okay, I want to finish with three questions I ask everyone. Okay. So first one is three things, the three things that you do on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact on your health. Uh, say nine to ten hours sleep. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Um, allowing myself a cheap meal going out with friends mm-hmm. no no counting allowed a, a beer or a wine or something like that once a week okay. I think just to get the balance between being so strict with my training mm-hmm. and eating to then I'm now 35 nearly 36 mm-hmm. Like I still need to enjoy life, so <laughs> I think that's a good balance. A, a men for a mental health, yeah. I think that definitely makes a, a big difference. It's a great point. And normally during the week, do you measure you measure your food, or do you focus mostly on quality, or what is it's your approach? It's more about quality. I okay. don't um, measure food. I get most of my meals through a, a meal company called okay. Kettlebell UK. Okay, and so everything's more about quality food mm-hmm. that I'm getting and clean food mm-hmm. rather than measured okay and then your cheat meal is just like a beer or something it's not like a full blown out let's eat five donuts no I'm not really I'd rather go out for like pizza okay. or something like a, go out for a burger or something like that okay I don't eat red meat through the week I don't typically mm-hmm. um, do well with it especially when I'm training okay so like a burger is a really good, really good meal. Yeah. Cheap meal. <laughs> Love so it. depending, like, um, especially in summer, I'll, a lot of the coaches from the gym will go out on a Saturday mm-hmm. after team training mm-hmm. and it'll be have a drink, have a pizza, just mm-hmm. like chat, hang out, mm-hmm. chill out. No stress. Yeah. Love it. Okay. And then my third thing would be just looking regular maintenance on your body. Mm-hmm. Like I have my movement coach, mm-hmm. um, regular massage it's just making sure you stay on top of mm-hmm. um, niggles before they get too bad love it what about one thing that you think would have a big impact but you just have a hard time implementing it or something you're working on uh cool downs mm. i'm very good at doing my warm-ups yeah. and everything like that mm-hmm. but when i've been training all day yeah the last thing i want to do is like cool down properly i'm like <laughs> out of the gym of i'm here. like see ya <laughs> i do do well at it in competition okay uh but only mainly because my coach forces me because <laughs> he's there watching yep yeah. <laughs> oh, but after training one. i've i've been in the gym all day i'm like yeah i spent an hour warming up i've done this focus i've done yeah. this focus i'm like ah, i'm out of here <laughs> <laughs> like i just want to eat and sleep yeah Oh, that's a I good one. I just want to slob. <laughs> I've been so active all day. I now want to be a couch potato. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay, last one is what does a healthy life look like to you? A healthy life? 
when you say that, I think of food. I think of being <laughs> like sat on a porch, the sun's shining on you, and there's a nice vegetable garden growing <laughs> like fresh food that you can pick yourself and mm-hmm. just, I don't know, enjoying life and mm-hmm. being being able to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. I love it. There we go. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me. No problem. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I loved chatting with Sam. I always learn something new about her every time we get the chance to catch up. And I especially loved hearing about the strategies that she's used to promote longevity in her performance and how much she still truly enjoys training every single day. So I'm curious about the things that you do to promote longevity in your training and your performance. Let me know one thing that you do on a regular basis to promote longevity and tag me on social media using Pursuing Health. To make sure you never miss an episode and to receive exclusive content from me, head to my website, juliefouché.com and subscribe to my email list. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, don't forget to share your stories. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send me an email at info at juliefouché.com. I'll choose some of these inspiring stories to share here on future episodes. Don't forget you can train with me through Beyond the Whiteboard by visiting trainwithjuliefouché.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health. This episode is brought to you by ButcherBox. ButcherBox delivers 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, and heritage-breed pork directly to your doorstep on your schedule. I personally think meat can have a place in a well-rounded diet, but there's a huge, huge difference when it comes to animals that are raised in feedlots and fed primarily corn and soy and routinely given growth hormones and antibiotics, and those that are responsibly raised, fed their natural diet of grass, and never given growth hormones or antibiotics. ButcherBox gives me some peace of mind, knowing that I can trust my meat is the highest quality out there and will also taste amazing. You can order curated or custom boxes of meat, and they always come with recipe ideas for you to explore. My husband Danny and I have paired our ButcherBox meats with vegetables from our local CSA, all but eliminating the need for grocery shopping. ButcherBox is extending an awesome offer to you for listening to Pursuing Health. You can get $20 off your order plus a free order of their delicious bacon by heading to butcherbox.com and using the code JULIE20 at the checkout. That's butcherbox.com and code J-U-L-I-E 20. Hope you check it out and that it makes your life a little bit easier just as it has done for me. This episode is brought to you by Mobility Wad. Do you struggle to get into good positions in your training and workouts? Are your movement compensations causing you undue pain and grief? MWOD's belief is that every human being should be able to perform basic maintenance on themselves. For nearly 10 years, Mobility Wad has been the go-to for the world's best athletes and teams. Do you know what hundreds of Olympic and world-class athletes, professional teams in the NFL, MLB, basketball, hockey, rugby, and soccer, and dozens of universities all have in common? They use Mobility Wad to train and compete at their best. I first took Dr. Kelly Surratt's movement and mobility course in 2013, and since then have read his books and followed his videos for ideas on how to address my own movement restrictions. But sometimes having all this information can become overwhelming, which is why I think the real genius is in the MWOD subscription. 
As part of this subscription, you have access to not only hundreds of hours of video content that can be filtered based on your specific questions, but also a daily 10-minute mobility wad video. You just log in and follow Kelly's instructions as if he is there coaching you in person for 10 minutes per day. You may pick up certain exercises that you wish to incorporate on a regular basis before or after your workouts. But at the very least, by following this daily program, you know you are addressing a wide range of movement patterns and body parts on a regular basis without having to think about it. I often do these sessions first thing in the morning or before bed as a way to wind down from the day. In addition, you have access to an on-ramp sequence and a 14-day mobility challenge that helps you understand the basics and identify the areas you personally need to focus on. You can lean on the MWOD community and discussion boards to learn from others who have been through similar situations or injuries. And if you need more personalized help, you can use the MWOD list to find a like-minded practitioner in your area. It's easy to become part of the Mobility Wad community, but for being a Pursuing Health listener, you can receive 20% off an annual membership with code Julie Fouché. That's J-U-L-I-E-F-O-U-C-H-E-R. Just visit www.mobilitywad.com. Full potential, full power. <laughs>